I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Well, hello. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got a great show for you today. Miss Ice is back. Man, it's been a while since she's been here. She's actually been frozen in carbonite for the past. Hello. Hi. Nice suit. I'm actually not wearing a suit. Oh, that's fine. Shh, 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 shh. Come on. Come here. Come here. Come on. Come on, everybody. All right, this is it. This is the play. This is the play. This is the play. Okay, the quarterback. Two receivers lined up to the left, one to the right. There's a flanker lined up to the left behind the quarterback. He gives the ball. No, he doesn't. He doesn't get the ball. The receiver goes all the way over there to the left. Now, once the quarterback has the ball, he fakes to the left. No, he fakes to the right. He doesn't fake. He thinks about fake. He pretends to fake. I don't know where I am. Well, you're actually at the Real Brian Show. I can't breathe. Oh, this room is getting smaller. Why don't you just sit down and we'll rock it? Now, the question is, do you ever feel like when you're watching football, certain games, that those are actually the kind of plays that you see, Miss Ice? Especially when the commentators start, like, drawing on the screen and there's, like, circles everywhere <laughs> and lines going everywhere. And you're just like, ah. He fakes he pretends to fake. I don't know. He <laughs> thinks about pretending to fake. <laughs> that was awesome. I've never heard that before. What is that Are from? you serious? That's the water boy. Oh, yeah. Haven't seen that. Sorry. Oh, that is worth seeing if you... See, it's a super horribly cheap... It's an Adam Sandler movie. Uh-huh. But it's early Adam Sandler, so it's still really good. But it's... Oh, a, I mean, okay. it's a bad movie. Super cheesy. But Kathy Bates is in it, and she is phenomenal in that movie. But uh, she calls it foosball bunch of overgrown monsters manhandling each other it's awesome um yeah i love that movie and it's it's footballish so you'll like it it's okay. worth it it's on okay. netflix right now actually the so it's water boy the water say? boy yep totally the water boy. <laughs> Such a- okay <laughs> welcome back miss ice hey thanks it's so great to be back for those of you who have not been listening maybe as long as when miss ice was on the show so it's been a while it miss ice while. writes all of the blog posts so anything that you see on the website you know, content wise is pretty much your gloriousness, not mine. It is. It is funny that even though I haven't been on the show in a while that I'm like still that involved with every episode. Yeah. Like I, I listen to every single one and then I even comment about it. So there's even more content guys. (laughs) That's true. I know. I mean, if you're not done, there's more. And it's good too. That's the thing. That's where like, if you're, you know, listening to the show and all that, it's almost like the, complementation of each episode is that the right word i think we were talking about it it like a companion the trbs companion yes the ultimate companion whenever you hear about a link or a trailer or something you know that they mention on the show i'll be sure to throw that in the notes so it'll be easy to go check it out and you usually pair it up with some other kind of a link or you know other commentary and it's good but you've been on the show way back we again this is just for those who don't know who miss ice is we hosted started off Central City Underground, which is all about the Flash, and mm-hmm. then Arrow Squad. And then you've mm-hmm. done a lot of uh, the Real Brian Show episodes 
in the earlier times and then you took a little mm-hmm. break for a while and mm-hmm. now you're back. Sabbatical. A sabbatical. Yes, yes, a sabbatical. sabbatical. You took a sabbatical from speaking, I, I understand, because you were frozen in carbonite. Is that is that true? Yes. Okay. Sure. So a bounty hunter came at you and pretty much said, your words are too powerful. We need to, <laughs> you know, cut you off at the tongue kind of thing. Is that, I mean, am I on the right track here? You know, Brian, I'm, I'm sorry, but I just, I've been forbidden to talk about this. <sighs> it's, it's part of the contract. Mandalorians. I, I about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. I, you know, if I could, I would. Yeah. You know, I would. I know. Just checking. <laughs> I know a lot of people have been so excited to talk to you and wondering how you've been. So say whatever you want to say to those people right now in, in two words or less. Mm-hmm. Okay. 200 words or less. Go ahead. 200. Okay. There we go. <laughs> um, hi. <laughs> you said it in two words. <laughs> <laughs> you said or less. <laughs> Good job. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. This is yep, going to be fun. I'm excited. First of all, uh, we actually do have a really fun topic today that I think will be very interesting because let's just say it involves TV and entertainment, which pretty much all of us love. But we're going to take a little bit of an interesting perspective on it. Ooh, and I've got a thought on perspectives later too. A couple of weeks ago, there was, you know, a little early pre-fall special come and enjoy seven days of pumpkin flavored drinks etc and i got all excited and i'm thinking this is just really hard because it's you know 95 degrees which is unseasonably warm right now and i'm like okay well i I have to do this because it's only you know for a limited time and they were two dollars each you can't turn down a two dollar drink when they're typically like five this is at a coffee shop yeah they were doing this thing okay so i got really excited about it you know there were some that were pumpkin mocha of course which is pretty standard but then they did one that i think was a Pumpkin bhakti chai, which I love bhakti chai. Really good stuff. Real spicy. And then they did one that was pumpkin with spiced brown sugar. And I'm thinking like, these are awesome. And as I'm drinking these, I'm thinking these are really sugary. (laughs) Okay. And then the spiced brown sugar one I get and I said, now, how do you make this? By the way, I'm just totally curious. She goes, well, you have a a syrup, a coffee syrup that's a spiced brown sugar. So it's just like flavoring. She said, yeah. I'm like, I'm totally expecting that you're infusing brown sugar with all of the pumpkin pie spices in this, you know, with real pumpkin and all that. She's like, oh, that would be so good. But no, it's just sugar. (laughs) (laughs) So disappointing. I know they were were good, but here's what I'm going to do. I have a little experiment I want to try. Feel free to try this with me. Grab a French press, throw your coffee grounds in the bottom, put some brown sugar and typical pumpkin pie spices. So if you want to look those up, you can, but you know, cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, etc. Put them in with the coffee grounds, then brew it. If you really want to get creative, do kind of a cold brew thing where you pour in cold water and just stick it in the fridge overnight for, I think 24 hours is what they say to do. Try it. Let the, the sugar and the spices brew with the coffee. And then of course, you know, pour it out so you don't have all the sludge and, and the pieces and everything. Then mix it up with real pumpkin. Try that. You could try like a eighth to like a, a carved pumpkin. Well, you, you know, canned pumpkin. If you don't have access to a real pumpkin quite yet, eighth to a quarter of a bar of chocolate. Now I'm going to use it from nuance, of course. So choose your chocolate, dark milk, white, whatever, and then whatever milk you want to use it with. So I'm actually thinking about doing that concoction, you know, in the French press and then pouring out a little bit each time and then just putting cream in it instead of doing like a whole latte size and just having like espresso size. But what do you think? Do you think that'll come out? Okay. I'm actually really confused because pumpkin is really thick. 
Yeah, so if you stir it up with a frother or you even throw it in like a Vitamix type machine or something, it should. It'll be a thicker so than normal. Shake. Kind of. I don't think I like pumpkin enough to be able to do that. But okay. the first part of it, like doing the cold press with the spices, that sounds really good. And the chocolate I and get, your choice of milk. And the, I No, I wouldn't do either of those. But okay. that's just because I'm a purist. But I, and I don't really like milk in my coffee. But Do you like um, sugar in your coffee? No. So you should just brew your coffee with normal coffee and then put the spices within the grounds and brew it. Yeah, that's what I was. And that's honestly really good too. I did that a lot last year. It was really good. Yeah, that sounds good. I would do that. So try different variations. Different variations. Experiments And then let us know which one you like the best because we need feedback from you guys to, you know, make my blog posts interesting. Mm, I think that would be good though. And speaking of... We're moving into pumpkin pie and pumpkin spice and then peppermint, you know, with Christmas. I did see peppermint, the movie, not, not the, <laughs> not the mint. I like what you did there. <laughs> I want to say this and I, I don't want to give away any spoilers. Have you seen the previews though? Yeah. Okay. So you know the premise behind it? Yes. It's really good. Kind of like posing her as a vigilante, right? Yes. It has that taken sort of vengeance. Yeah. You know, and then family. Family vengeance maybe is. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's perfect. Now, have you seen any of the John Wick movies? No. I saw them both. Not as much of a fan of those movies because there are, well, there's something that happens in the beginning of that. Keanu Reeves. (laughs) (laughs) You don't like Keanu Reeves? (laughs) Or do you like him? No, there's one movie I like him in. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. (laughs) Haven't seen that. (laughs) The first Matrix. The first Matrix, yeah. Because after I saw the replacements and I just started banging my head against the wall. I mean, <laughs> that's a funny movie. It is. But him as like the quarterback is just doesn't work for me. That's I think I think that was done on purpose. Probably. Yeah. The replacements. Let's find even <laughs> never mind. Okay. Yeah. Carry on. No, that's okay. We're speaking so about John Wick. <laughs> there's something that happens in the first John Wick movie in the beginning that there's an action that he takes and I go, okay, I, I get that. I, I can go along with that one. And then it keeps going and there's some other things that he does, you know, throughout the last of the first movie and into the second movie that I'm just like, this is just so unnecessary. I mean, it's just violence for Mm -hmm. violence sake, you know, which Mm -hmm. I don't get into that. There's got to be a reason for it with taken. There was a reason for the violence and with peppermint, it's the same thing. It was funny at the end of the movie. I I, I looked over at my, uh, my friend and I was like, "Uh, I probably would have done the same thing, (laughs) but it was well done. I actually really enjoyed it. Now, granted, I've seen reviews where people were like, oh, there's plot holes. And I'm like, oh, okay, fine. I just went in to enjoy a movie and it was a lot of fun. So is it worth seeing? Yes, absolutely. Don't want to give away any spoilers. If you're into that kind of thing, yes. If you don't like that level of violence, then probably not. It was rated R? More for the violence. Right. Yeah. It's, but, but you said not gratuitous. It's purposeful. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're going to have a lot of those, for example, headshots and kind of things like that that are going to be right on screen and possibly even close up in certain areas. So if that bothers you, don't see it. But, you know, beyond the violence, it really was, there's some language wasn't over the top for a rated R movie. That was about it though. Everything else was pretty, pretty okay. So yeah, I liked it. Sounds like my kind of movie. Good. I watched an interview where somebody was talking to uh, Jennifer Gardner about her role and kind of picking up that badass chick. Mm -hmm. What is it? It's been like 12 years since, alias went off the air yeah and the guy called her her character on the show sydney barstow <laughs> and i nearly <laughs> punched my computer <laughs> bristow yeah it's bristow 
Yeah, it was very much that type of character. She, she yeah, she had well, some, and she's just so good at it. I mean, she, oh yeah. oh yeah, she has the body that you can just like throw around and do all those crazy yeah. things. And you know what I liked is that in the beginning of the movie, of course, there's not that. You know, it's it's pre her attitude, so uh-huh. she has so you a very get to see both sides of it exactly. And she did a really good job okay. doing both. It was fun. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, she's she's had a really diverse career. It's not just this like sci-fi action hero that she's done. She's also done like a lot of family dramas and rom-coms. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. The only one I can think of right now is 13 going on 30, which I haven't seen once, but (laughs) I remember I was thinking it was pretty fun. She did that one movie with the girl. Uh, Her daughter has some infection or they don't know what's wrong with her, but her stomach becomes distended and has to go through all of this therapy or whatever and then randomly the girl falls down this giant trunk and hits her head and is suddenly just fine i can't remember what it is it was like i think it has heaven in the title or something oh i might have to look that up but it was like one of those where i'm like this is totally not my kind of movie and i'm just gonna i'll just have it on in the background and i just like i could not stop watching it yeah i never saw it is it i have to look it up now now it's bothering me (laughs) (laughs) you'll find it Yes. So good movies out right now. Predators out. And then I'm torn about the new Venom because, you know, the way they portrayed yeah. Venom in Spider-Man three, of course, was very different. This one looks like it's going to be, well, of course, that was just a, you know, come on. I mean, emo dancing with Tobey Maguire. Come on. That, that was like classic. There are so many classic. things wrong with that movie that like <laughs> Venom isn't even where I'd start. But I yeah. No, I know. Okay. It was called Miracles from Heaven. It was from 2016. That's okay. the movie I was thinking. Okay. Are you anyway, are you excited uh, about Venom? No. You're not. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. It's like I am this is part of like what we want to talk about in this episode, but I'm just so oversaturated by all of these movies and TV shows that it's just like I, yeah. I can't get excited for anything anymore. I understand. It's every every movie you go to is like the same huge budget, so much CGI, there's hardly anything real going on. It's just the same thing over and over and over. I haven't, I can't even like pull something out of the last year that I was like, wow, that floored me. That was so unique, except for maybe Annihilation, just because it was so different. Annihilation was, what was that? With um, Natalie Portman, the one where that glimmer appears and they go through it and find this like chiral, I don't know. It was like some alien thing that came and landed in there. Um, interesting town. I never saw it. You never saw that. No. Okay. It was, it's, it was so unique and like the, it was so colorful. All of the scenes just had so much vibrant color. It kind of had that, uh, the suspense around what is going to come out of the darkness kind of, and whatever had landed there was mutating the plants and the animals. And so it was like a shark that had another shark inside of it, you know, or, (laughs) And or no, no, that was an alligator. Like it was just like this white alligator, white albino alligator that had like three sets of teeth. Another alligator had started growing inside of it or something. It was really interesting and uh, visually dynamic. But you know, again, all CGI. So <laughs> you, it's like you you just have to kind of roll with it. Yeah. With so much coming out every single weekend, it's hard to really care about any one thing anymore. That's why you got to be picky. That's why you got to be picky and choosy. True. True. (laughs) Yeah. That's something that I've been doing a little bit more of lately because I was just going to see movies for the fun of it. And you know Uh what? Honestly, there have been very few movies that I've ever gone to that I've been like, I can't believe I spent money on that. 
most of the time that's it's good. like okay that was fun but it wasn't yeah. excellent or that was really good i mean i do a lot of reviews i read through stuff and i see is there anything mm-hmm. any content in there that i don't want to see i mean you can go on to imdb and look up the parents guide for example and it mm-hmm. shows you what the quote content is in there and i go eh, i don't want to see that so i won't go see that movie or that sounds fine and then i look at the reviews and i just go through a few things try not to look at spoilers and then or it's it's just something i want to go see because so like predator mm-hmm. it's like okay that's a given i'm going to go see it i'm not expecting a lot from it but it's going to be fun but the right. other one that i'm looking forward to is actually the house with the clock on the walls because it looks so different but then again it might not be it could be like a jumanji type movie i have no idea mm-hmm. i guess we'll see right but, everything is kind of just an offshoot of of everything else but well sure. yeah i mean like sure. and i and i agree with you that you know there there are movies if if you enjoy going to movies and that's your thing then it doesn't really matter, right? Because you yeah. enjoy it no matter what. It's the experience. And for me, my time has just been so limited that when I when I go to a movie and I'm like, why did I go to that movie? Or, you know, I leave going, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> now I've seen that one. Then I'm just like, I, I just wasted two and a half hours when I could have been outside in the sunshine. Sure. You know, and that's kind of interesting that they have so many movies going on during the summer. And I guess, okay, it's, mm-hmm. you know, if it's a hundred degrees outside, you want to go in into a cool theater but they're starting to spread them out now. So, you know, when it's negative 20 outside, you want to go into a warm theater. <laughs> so it's just kind of, I kind of like that, but I don't know. Maybe yeah. people don't go to the movies as much in the winter. They stay at home. You know, when it's nice it sure out, I don't want like to be in a just, movie. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so then it's just like, I end up seeing it way later than everybody else, which is fine because it's like, at that point it's because I wanted to see it and sure. then I'm in the mood to watch it and I won't have a bad attitude when I'm trying to get through it. <laughs> Well, <laughs> like um, Ready Player One. Here's a really good example. Yeah. I had just been like listening to everybody talk about that it was nothing like the book, you know, and they totally butchered it and whatever. Which I And so I just didn't go way. see it. Yeah. And yeah. I and I didn't either. I thought it was an incredible adaptation of the book. And I've read yeah. the book a couple times. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm in a mood where I want to watch this. And I was ready to receive it because I probably if I had just gone it and seen it in theaters, I would have just been annoyed and whatever so you know what's interesting is that the first time i saw it i liked it and i knew it was going to be different than the book and interestingly enough by the way i first read that book on the way to dragon con three years ago when we all hung out for real yeah that was the the flight i was listening to it you know and i finished it during that whole trip Uh, so the will wheaton version. it was really good so, yeah, I mean, he, I really, really enjoyed come. the book and, but mm-hmm. I knew it wasn't going to be the same, but it had been three years since I'd almost three years since I'd listened to it. So then mm-hmm. going and seeing the movie, I'm like, well, yeah, it was different. It was quite a bit different actually, but then there were a lot but of things that were the same. Necessarily different. Yeah, but it was fine. Like I thought yeah, it was almost like exactly. watching a different story in a way that was based mm-hmm. on the original mm-hmm. universe and yep. I have no problem with it. And so seeing it the second time I went, you know, over to a uh, drop dog's house, we watched it first time for him second time for me and i liked it better because again it's like the hype was over everything it's just like Mm -hmm. let's just enjoy it and i was Mm -hmm. like oh man that was that was really fun so people are just too critical i think i think that's where it is yeah that's i think that's a large part of what it is it's just everybody has a voice that can be really really loud and it's just hard to have your own thoughts in the midst of that. Do you think there's something to be said about the more that you watch, the more critical you become? Absolutely. Opposite. If you watch less, you're less critical. Part of it is I I totally agree with that, at least for me, but I'll also go to the movies with my best friend and we'll come out of the theater and I'll want to ask him questions about why did this have to happen? And he'll just be like, 
I don't know. You know, and so it's <laughs> not not that he won't ever talk to me about movies like that, but yeah. just that, you know, it's he's not as critical as I am. Yeah. <laughs> in the moment, maybe, sure. or at least right afterward. But it's probably a little bit of both, a little bit of personality, a little bit of sure. just being oversaturated. Hmm. Yeah. No, I was just curious because yeah. I feel like the more we watch, the more we're starting to compare things, mm-hmm. which, uh, oh man, this just... This, this is really going to be interesting. Like we have two topics here that I really wanted to touch on and, and they're just going to go hand in hand. So perspective is the other thing that I wanted to talk about, but I wanted to talk about being picky and choosy because you brought this up to me, you know, off mic, we were chatting about this, but also perspectives because so one thing is if you're consuming a lot of media entertainment and stuff like that, then it's probably easier to compare because you just have so much going on in your brain that it's like, okay, well this show wasn't as good as this show. Well, if you hadn't watched all those shows, then maybe that show would have been just fine. For example, the other thing is perspective on, you know, if you start to get critical on one thing, then you're probably going to become critical about another thing because that's just where your brain starts to go. Going to see Peppermint, friend of mine that went with me, we were just chatting, you know, before the movie, how life was. And, and you know, he's he's dealing with some stuff. He's going through some, some tra- challenges and struggles right now. But some of the stuff he said was super negative about where we live and, and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, he's got a point. Some of that stuff is very real, but do you need to focus on those things when we have so many positive things about where we live? Considering that no matter where you live, there will be negatives. There's always something like that. Can you basically focus on what is positive, focus more on that, which we've talked about so much here on the show and therefore the negatives maybe just won't be so big anymore. Is that a possibility? You, you know, as well as anyone that, when you're in the midst of that negativity and everything just seems like it's crashing down on you, that it's really hard to see outside that sphere. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So like just like being in that, in that mindset or thinking about times when I've just been immersed in my own negativity, it's like you really need to make a change. doesn't matter what it is in order to see the positives again. True. Yeah, that's an interesting question, though. I bet. I mean, like, yes, it's absolutely possible. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard, and especially oh, sure. when you don't get enough input from people about how to maintain your positivity. Yeah. Okay. So you so, probably were a good influence just to remind him of the positive things. Well, I know? hope I wasn't I, trying to be like that. Well, yeah, but because <laughs> that's no, like, like you said, when you're I, in the midst of it, that doesn't help. Right. Right. And I think one of the most powerful things for anyone who is negative is to not hear someone agree with them. Ooh, when yeah. when somebody's going on about all of the negatives, like this is bad and this is bad and this is bad. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, you come back with a positive and not just contradicting them, but just like stating something else that they hadn't thought of or whatever. When somebody doesn't agree with you, it makes you stop and think about it. Yeah. Or you get even mad if, at them. Even, <laughs> Well, like even even if they get mad in the moment, yeah. which is fine, you know, whatever. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Even if they get mad in the moment, it'll be more impactful down the road, and that's what really matters. You know, who cares about how they react in the moment? It's not classy, but it's not uncommon or sure. unexpected. The Flash and I were talking about some stuff. He's got a podcast. I've got a podcast. You know, a bunch of us podcasts. We all talk to each other about our podcasts because we're trying to help each other out. And so, a lot of times, there will be things that get brought up based on experiences that we've had. And he brought up a really interesting point, which I think it's extremely valid. And this is something that I've definitely had a hard time with as well. I think a lot of podcasters do in this world of podcasting. There's so much that's still very new to us. 
and, and to the culture, you know, of podcasting. People don't even know what to do with it yet. You know, radio's established, TV's established, on-demand media is pretty much what I'm calling it. That even goes with YouTube and stuff. There's just a lot that's been unanswered and a lot that's new. It's it's a it's pioneer. Let's put it that way. You know, sometimes you'll have people that will ask questions that really should not be asked. It's kind of like asking like a woman what her weight is or age is, you know, that kind of thing. It's just inappropriate or asking someone how much they make. That's just not something you should ask somebody else, you know? And so there's a lot of questions like that that get asked of us in podcasting. And so we inevitably and subconsciously ergo vis-a-vis concordedly, we accidentally get ourselves stuck in comparing ourselves to someone else. So our perspective is, well, I don't have, you know, a hundred thousand listeners and I'm not making, you know, 60,000 a month with my podcast and I'm not having the success that thank you for this beforehand by the way Michael Rosenbaum actor from Smallville played Lex Luthor he starts a podcast and oh he's just got all these listeners all of a sudden well how come I didn't have that many listeners well because he's a famous actor and we're not it's simple but we don't think like you said in that moment when you're dealing with that negativity or dealing with that challenge you're not thinking rationally And so there's this comparison or this perspective that we have that we really have no business having in the first place. We who are not actors will never have a hundred thousand listeners to our podcasts. And if we do it then, well, okay, cool. That's, that's kind of a miracle actually. So why are we comparing ourselves to that? Why are we have that perspective in the first place? If you look at the perspective that is true and accurate, well, oh my gosh, it's huge. It's amazing. And if you were to compare yourself to say, I don't know, someone else that is actually within your sphere of influence than, you know, Martin, the flash, you and I, for example, really are having a massive impact, massive. But for whatever reason, we keep comparing ourselves to people out there that we have no business comparing ourselves to, because if we didn't even know about what they were doing, we'd never compare ourselves to someone like that or to something like that. So it goes back to perspective that, you know, for example, oh, we're having bad traffic locally and yeah, okay, well, compare yourself to LA. Just keeping it simple as saying, change your perspective, compare it to other things, look at what really truly is positive. Things really start to look a lot better. And yes, like you said, very much easier said than done. An easier approach for me, and like especially in the last six months, has not been to change my perspective because that is like so hard to do. What I've been doing is broadening my perspective. Okay. And I like that. There is a there's a huge difference in it because it's not it's not that a particular perspective has to change. Like you, you can always hate sitting in traffic. But as you grow that perspective, other things begin to morph and feed into that. You know, then you learn to work around the traffic. So like for me, I don't leave my house until nine thirty in the morning because I have meetings back to back between seven and nine. And that's like in traffic gets really bad. So I just, I delay my departure for the office so that I'm not stuck in all of the, I mean, they've closed down like basically every road that I take to get to work. So (laughs) everything's down to one lane everywhere you go, but it's frustrating, but not when you know how to work around it. And those are the the kinds of things that I've always been really bad at. I try to get smaller and smaller and smaller until I, I know exactly what is in my little box when I really just need to be making it bigger and seeing more of the world, like then you start to see other people around you, you know, and you take your time on the road and you're not rushed trying to get somewhere. So the traffic actually matters, you know, like Mm -hmm. you can just sit there and deal with it and, and not feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm late for the office. Yeah. 
No, I like that. I think that's so. Yeah, you're right. Not necessarily changing your perspective per se, but maybe yeah, like broadening it, seeing other perspectives, other options, alternatives. Right. Well, and like in the case of you and the Flash, mm-hmm. where it's not a healthy comparison to compare yourself to Michael Rosenbaum because you're not in the same plane. I mean, like you yeah, know yeah. from business, right? That you don't you you carefully choose who your competitors are. You're you're not gonna. Yeah. You're not going to open up a little mom and pa sports shop and then, you know, compete with, I don't know what you guys have. We have like Dick's Sporting Goods, you know, yeah, that that's that like the big, okay. Yeah. So like you're, you're not going to immediately consider them a competitor. Sure. I mean, that's just, that's unreasonable. You find other competitors and then you build up. And then as you grow your business, you, you start to have uh, more competitors at a different level, you know, mm-hmm. being real about who you're who you're comparing yourself to. Sure. So, you know, it's funny because you know how much, obviously I love coffee. So we talk coffee all the time. One of the ideas was, why don't you compare yourself to one of the local coffee shops that is very successful. Granted, it's a local geographic region, but it doesn't matter. It's looking at it more from the perspective of a certain group of people. So a culture even. And it was funny because I thought about that. And I realized if you look back at Starbucks Let's just even say 10, 15 years ago, maybe not even that long. Let's say five to 10 years ago, the baristas would handcraft your beverages. They really spent time. I mean, they used to have machines that were manual and they had to, you know, get them right or they'd toss the coffee out. Well, nowadays, no offense to there are good Starbucks baristas out there, but most of them are hourly workers. Now you push a button. It's automatic. There is no handcrafting anymore. And I was thinking about this, like somebody else brought up Subway. Oh, it was seven blue seven was talking about Subway. Do you remember when Subway had sandwich artists and they would like yes. craft your That's sandwich? That's what they called their employees. Yeah. yeah. And it was actually like you had to do a good job. And I mean, they don't do that anymore. So no. it's like, do you really want to be, if you were to compare yourself, I mean, I'm just throwing out a business perspective. Do I want to be mm-hmm. a Starbucks? Never. I don't care how yeah. successful they are. I don't ever want to turn out like them because I think they've become so successful that they've given up on what made them special. Now, granted, who cares, right? You go to Starbucks, you get the same drink. It doesn't matter. The people don't care anymore. But what makes, I think a lot of us, when we look out to be great in this world, we want to be unique. We want to be great. We want to handcraft our talent. We don't want to give up and push a button and do it automated anymore. So I think, and I know this is going a little further than we were talking about, but again, perspective, comparisons, et cetera, we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to something that is not. Yeah. I don't want to be that, you know, in the first place, even though it looks successful on the outside, it looks glamorous. It's not really what I want to be. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's the comparisons and the perspectives of man, I'm a failure cause I'm not that yet. Or there's the perspectives and the comparisons of man, that traffic really annoys me. So I'm in a bad mood today and my day started wrong. Or mm-hmm. there's the comparisons of, man, I watch a lot of TV and movies. So when I go see this movie and they all just seem the, the same, well, you know, movies suck nowadays. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It's just kind of interesting because I start to wonder why do we react the way we do? But what brought yeah. this whole thing up was one, my, my friend's perspective on where we live and then some of the stuff that the flash and I have been dealing with. And then you mentioned some stuff. I was asking you, what, what are you watching right now? What TVs are, you know, what shows are you watching? And you said that I'm watching salvation, forcing yourself through it, by the way, which we'll (laughs) talk about in a second. (laughs) And then soccer and football. And I thought, oh, really? Why is that? I'm curious. What prompted you to stop watching all of the shows and stuff that you used to watch and going down to one 
entertainment TV show and then pretty much soccer and football. For starters, I've always been a huge football fan. And so it's always, whenever it's on, you know, I'm watching it. But I added soccer in there. I used to only watch women's soccer. And now I've been watching Premier League and the Bundesliga. And so it's just been like interesting how that has worked into my Saturdays now. But anyway, what did what prompted me stopping watching TV? I was just frustrated by everything. You know, it's like, and there's no real reason for it other than, you know, just the time in my life and things are building up. Maybe, maybe the best way to say it is that everything felt overwhelming to me. And when I would watch a show, it would be like injecting stuff that I didn't care about or taking characters down paths that I didn't care about. Or, you know, part of it is like television is is such a weird beast where every show lives season by season. So it crafts every story for every season, one season at a time. Hmm. Sometimes they'll have like a bigger, this is where we want to go, but we don't really know how we're going to get there. You know, this is just where we want to end up every season then that ends. And they're like, Oh, we've been renewed. Yay. It's like, they think that it's this imperative rite of passage in television to get crazier and more shocking and, you know, doing more things that sure. make people just go, whoa, you know, and, and I, w- I was talking to my friend the other night and I was going, would you rather be rewarded by watching like a really well thought out episode or being shocked every episode, but not really getting anything out of it? Hmm. D- does that, does that difference oh, yeah. make sense? I would definitely okay. prefer the well thought out episode hands down. Right. And I'm like, so why am I wasting my time just watching the things that I've always been watching? <laughs> yeah. Because none of them are making me happy and none of them are giving me a story that I want to watch. So I'm going to be picky and choosy. Good. I'm going to say, you know what? I don't care anymore. I want to watch something <laughs> that is going to give me a really good story. Yeah. And not that Salvation is doing it, but I watched <laughs> season one and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I told you it was cheesy. I just, <laughs> I mean, I I had watched it when it came out. And so like, I I mean, it was one of those that's like, it's got all of the elements that I love in a show. So why don't I like this show? And so I'm I'm forcing myself through it because I'm like, I I really should like this show. Monday night was a season finale. So at least we're (laughs) done with that for a while. Yeah. I don't consider it to be a great show. There are elements about it that I like. And I think it's because it's lighter for the most part than most shows out there. That that's one of the reasons I like it because most of the shows yeah. are so heavy and oh I feel like I'm just gonna die you know what I mean I'm getting they tired did of that. introduce John Noble as a villain yeah, in this that was season fun. so that was super exciting yeah to your second question about why why go to football and soccer then is because like you get the same drama from football and soccer you get the you get storylines and you get action and you start to care about people and not just teams you know and you want people to do well and it's real Uh, life and then and then it goes yeah and it's real life and it goes week by week and you have to tune back in and you get to see the drama of the coaches responding to questions of reporters and I don't know. I find it fascinating. Like, oh, for sure. And, but but then it's also just really exciting to watch. Yeah. And I've never been disappointed sitting down to watch a soccer game. <laughs> I can't say that about any other TV show. Interesting. I've, so like I'm always disappointed by something and it's not and it's something from me, you know, because I'm injecting too much of myself into that story. Whereas I don't know maybe it's something about the the realness of sports 
that doesn't make me criticize it in the same way. And then I don't bring my own baggage into it. I'm wondering though, like with sports is that it's real and what happens is real and it is consistent and logical because it's real life. Now, whether somebody Mm -hmm. does something that they should or shouldn't do, well, it is what it is. It's real life. Whereas people are writing stories and sometimes stories get written in a way that doesn't make any sense because it's either not logical, it's not consistent or it's not, you know, whatever. Right. And you just kind of go, wait, that would not happen in real life. And so you get frustrated uh, because of that versus like with, with football and stuff, it's just real. There's nothing yeah. fake about, well, I mean, there could be things that are going on behind the scenes that are fake that we don't know about, but assuming it's, it's real, you know what I mean? Right. And I, and I suppose to certain degrees, you know, all these things are kind of controlled by money. And so sure. every action that people take has more to do with the bottom line than it does with, you know, people's feelings. Sure. But, sure. And I think that just adds to the drama though. Okay. So on Sunday, I can't remember what position he plays, but it was a guy named Davis who mm-hmm. plays for the Buffalo Bills. Just up and retired at halftime. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, and who does that? And I, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a game that was airing locally for me, so I didn't get to you know like hear the commentary or whatever. But like reading about it later, it's just like the, all the coaches and the administrative staff are just like, we have no idea what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently, he retired and just left. Interesting. And it wasn't even that he was doing bad in the first half. Like he he was putting up some great numbers, but just decided that it was it. And so then you get stuff like that too. Epitome of improv, right? Yeah, totally. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) You said something though that was fascinating to me that, you know, you really start to get to know the players, not just the teams. I was watching the NBA this year, you know, for the last season was they were finishing up and it was interesting watching the playoffs. First of all, you know, just watching random Mm -hmm. games did not draw me in because, you know, there's so many teams so yep. many games. It's hard to get drawn into anyone or anything that's going on. But watching the playoffs of the first round was interesting. And I, I decided I'm going to pick Utah as, as the team I'm going to go. I'm going to go with San Antonio and Utah because, you know, Becky Hammond is one of the assistant mm-hmm. coaches for San Antonio and she's a CSU former CSU player. So it's like I'm going to pick San Antonio and Utah and I'm going to go with them. And that made it more fun to watch because then you start to invest in the team and in the people. And like you said, the drama and everything that goes on with that. And you start mm-hmm. to hear what's going on with them, you know, even off game and stuff. Now, granted, my ultimate team has always been the Phoenix Suns. I still go with that. I have not followed them as much recently. And so I decided I'm just going to follow them and see what's going on. And as a result, just like you said, I've been interested in all of the things that are going on with their players. And it is very much like watching a TV show. There's very much drama to it. And it's yeah. interesting. And you're just kind of going and there's fan reactions and stuff too. And you're going, wow, this is actually a lot more interesting than I thought it was. And And of course, randomly just like start realizing that you care about this stuff. (laughs) Exactly. It's weird. And yeah, but you know, not caring about the individuals and what's going on with the people and the team and all that. It's not interesting to watch for me. You know, we love Colorado state going to the games because you know, they have fun teams and all that. And it's just supporting local college versus local professional is fun. We've got basketball tickets, as we've talked about, and really, really looking forward to that because we got invested last year, and there was a lot of drama with the CSU men's team last year, the basketball team. Lots of drama with the coach. That was just really <laughs> kind of sadly exciting. Right. You know, but it's a whole new season, and we're really looking forward to going in because it's also, I don't like winter very much. I just want to go do something. You know, in the dark of winter, I want to do something fun that does not involve just watching TV. And so Mm -hmm. we go out, we go to these games. It's fun. You know, we're also looking into like 
theater and music stuff that's going on because there's a ton of stuff that goes on around here, you know, during that time of year, the fall and winter. You know, we're really excited. We actually went to the CSU volleyball game last week and we had so much fun. And I, I mean, I've played volleyball. I had no idea how much fun it was to watch. Oh my gosh. So exciting. Yeah. So it's like, well, and that's the thing about live sports too. Like you can go to any live sport. If you're into sports, you can go to any live sport and not really know what's going on and still have a blast. Even if you're not into sports that much, going to a live sports game can be very exciting if it's a sport that is, you know, high action and kind of draws you in a little bit. There's so much like, wow, this is, this is really a fun experience. It's, I think it's better than watching it on TV any day. Sometimes it's easier to get into any sport when it's live rather than trying to watch it on television. Sure. Like I live in Minnesota, right? So everybody here is just obsessed with hockey, but I did not grow up doing anything with hockey. Like nobody watched it. I never played. I barely ice skated. And (laughs) so it's, it's really hard for me to sit down and watch a hockey game because I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. When somebody took me to a hockey game, I cheered and went, yay, touchdown, you know? And so like (laughs) there, I totally knew what was going on. Oh, that's funny. But no, I'm I'm mostly just concurring with you. That is just like, it's a different type of drama. And it's one that I've been able to replace my old TV watching obsession. Yeah. And just, just take a break from it. You know, and the common theme I've seen through our conversation here is just that there are so many things in our lives that have just become oversaturated because just because there are so many people for one and for two, there are so many popular things that we enjoy mm-hmm. that end up succumbing to that same saturation. Sure. So podcasting, television, and even like superhero mm-hmm. <laughs> films, you know, this is like, it's not just comic book nerds anymore going to them. It's everyone. And so when, when somebody comes back and goes, well, I didn't really understand why they had to kill Superman because he's like, the best yeah, you know and it's I just know. like <laughs> but it, but they <laughs> but they're putting it into ways that anyone can go watch it so it's like yeah they're trying to find this happy medium to oh, please yeah. everyone yeah and in doing so losing the essence of what it makes what makes it so good yeah this is so fascinating because it's the same kind of stuff you know I, i've had some challenges recently with just like you said with podcasting somebody challenging me in a good way that is saying you know there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there and people are saturated now, just like you said, we're overwhelmed. What sets you apart? Well, and that is such a bad question. Well, sort of, but only the people, only the people inside want to know that question. No, nobody else cares. No, you are correct about that, but I think it's a great question to answer because like you said, we're getting saturated with superhero movies, for example, that are all just kind of the same, but there's got to be something that's going to break apart and jump above the noise and just captivate people. And then you move on. You know what I mean? Like it, it just has to do that. So I think you are correct. Like from, from an outside perspective. So anybody listening does not care about my, you know, inner monologue yeah. asking what sets the real Brian <laughs> show apart. Nobody cares about that, but you do care about what actually is a result of the real Brian show. So if I figure out what sets me apart, for example, well, then and I do it, then you're going to like it. And if Except I don't do it, then, well, you may or may not know or not like it or, you know, who knows, right? So it's, yeah. but I think that's, that just seems like the total wrong mindset though. Like, cause if you're looking for the thing that sets you apart, instead of just being who you are and letting that naturally flow out of you, 
your focus isn't on the energy that you're outputting. It's on trying to figure out the energy that you need to output. And it just seems like a total misplacement of energy. Well, so you're actually saying the same thing, but you are correct in that you're focused on the wrong. Well, maybe what what my, my point is that, is that like in, in the attempt to articulate the thing that sets you apart from everyone, you cease to be yourself. You cease to be yourself. Yes. Without even being intentional about it, you have started to shove yourself into that box where I have to find out what makes me special. And that's a box. True. And so, (laughs) (laughs) and the same thing with the movies. And the same thing with the movies. It's like in in, in an effort to be so unique, but still relate to anyone. It's like that scene in Harry Potter where the, Bogart can't decide who to morph into, so it turns into half a slug. <laughs> it's from it's from the book. I, I don't yeah. think it was in the movie. So yeah, if you no, haven't read the books, the then that's what it always makes me think of. It's like you try to do both of them so much that you just turn into half a slug instead of trying yeah. to be something that's actually scary. Bogart turns into something that you're the most afraid of. Yeah, <laughs> half a slug yeah. is not scary. No. Well, it's funny because like I've always said, well, I'm kind of a chameleon. And uh, a friend of mine said, well, but a chameleon is still a real thing and it still has its own identity. And I thought, Ooh, yeah. that's a good point too. That's a very good. I- that's a very good point. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's funny. Cause like, if you look at the flash, for example, the TV show, so you've got Jeff Johns who wrote a bunch of the comics that people absolutely loved. He comes in and becomes a writer for the show. And in the first two seasons, you know, the show was phenomenal. It was great. There were some things, you know, of course it's TV, but Overall, it was a good show. And then it started to take a turn. My question is, do you think, I don't know if you, if you've watched the flash, did you watch girls night out that episode? Is that an episode? No, I haven't seen any of the last season and a half. Okay. So I haven't watched in a while, but there was an episode called girls night out. That was, I'm sorry, but no offense to those who liked it. To me, that was, that was just one of those episodes that offended me so much. Like I was like, I'm done with the show. (laughs) It was bad. I mean, was it like man bashing or something? Oh, Totally. That's exactly what it was. It just didn't have any continuity to the rest of the show. It didn't make any sense. I have to wonder if Jeff Johns, who just is himself and he writes glorious flash comics and he wrote great episodes, you know, earlier in the seasons, was he being himself having anything to do with that episode or did he try to change to something like you said, let's find something that's different or that speaks differently or sets itself apart. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I think you really are onto something there that when you try to find out what makes you quote special, you cease to be yourself. I'm not just saying this for podcasting or TV shows or anything. I mean, I'm saying this because I think we all ask this question. We all do. You know, what sets me apart? What makes me special in this world? Well, I think you're right. By asking that question, you cease to just be. Yeah. It's a very good point. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a question for you though. Okay. Watching a lot of TV shows, how it affected you. Now you're not. Give me a little bit of a before and after mentally, emotionally. I mean, maybe even physically like how you were before versus how you are today from taking oh, yeah, a step dude. back. I'm ripped now. Yeah. <laughs> You've got eight pack, eight pack abs. I got a, I got a seven pack. The biggest outcome for me has been that I have stopped ignoring the things that were really wrong. Enlighten me on that one. So ignoring the things that were wrong. I, I use a lot of things as an escape from facing truths, right? Oh, so so things that are wrong in your life. It things that are wrong in my life. Gotcha. Okay. So I use work. I use books. I use television to just escape and just ignore all of the things. 
And I have been able to just stop ignoring things. And I actually deal with things. One really good one is that I'm actually buying clothes that fit. (laughs) Because I... I'm I'm like the worst shopper ever in that like I never shop. But I also think, well, they still fit. So I'm just going to wear this until, you know, <laughs> clothes lose their tenacity. Yes. They lose their, their cohesion. You know, cohesion. They, they pill or they stretch out and yeah. they get holes in places that you really don't want air seeping through. <laughs> and so I've been I've been like shopping and buying clothes that fit and it's like and I'm not embarrassed to go out in public anymore you know I can actually go into the office interesting <laughs> but I mean like that's just one example but I just have so much more time I can mm. do things interesting yeah so and now- I and I go out a lot more I don't spend so many nights just at home wow that's yeah. great yeah so now- it just feels better yeah were any of the shows like causing you negative emotions, you know, because of the content in the shows or was it just watching TV in general? I think it was just in general. Okay. If you've been listening to this, to the real Brian show long enough, you'll know that I think it was last year that I stepped away from made of steel, the Supergirl mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. just because that one was making me dark and frustrated and yeah. I just couldn't, watch the show anymore slowly after that i just gave up on all the cw shows and the cw altogether. yeah no i i wouldn't say like anything really gets me dark and twisted i just like i don't know i'm just waiting for something to be worthwhile to watch and that i'm not just watching because it's something that i'm i should be interested in i should say mm-hmm. but i don't know i'm just being picky and choosy that's really good you know, I know Bentastic brought up something, you know, in our, our Slack group, and he was uh, mentioning basically the effects of video games on children. I'm sorry, Ben. I, I've been so busy. I've not had a chance to really read through it because I want to read through it and then give a really proper response to it. And I will. But, uh, you know, Sarah, Miss Light was talking to me a little bit about it and talking about how certain people, of course, can play a video game, you know, or play video games and just stop playing video games like no big deal, right? You just don't do it nope. anymore or you or you whatever. And then there's others that can't put it down. They're they're mm-hmm. so addicted to it, you know, and that goes for anything. In fact, Captain oh, Influence yeah. and I were having a very great conversation and I really thank you, by the way. That was such a good conversation, dude, where we were just talking about how every single person on the planet has at least one, if not multiple weaknesses that no matter how hard you try, you're just not going to overcome them. You just got to walk away. We all have them. It is what it is. Sometimes, you know, if video games or TV or alcohol or whatever it is, if you have an uncontrolled weakness for something like that, then you're right. You probably shouldn't even be around that. On the other hand, though, there's like people who can do it and it's not a big deal, but you still have to ask, how does it affect you? And maybe it doesn't, you know, maybe watching. In fact, we had that dark versus light discussion, maybe watching Mm -hmm. something that's super dark and uh, whatever, you know, it may not even affect someone at all. And then the other person, it may affect immediately. And the other person, it may not affect immediately, but it starts to seep out over time, if that makes sense. So oh, yeah. there's so many different ways. And I mean, that's that's kind of where, that's why I was curious about these questions, asking your experience you know, with TV, because I noticed that if I watch certain shows, certain movies, read certain books, et cetera, it really affects me negatively. And I go down a very dark place. It may mm-hmm. not come out but it's in my brain and it's, it's causing me mental turmoil versus if I watch shows like Penn and Teller, for example, which I love Penn and Teller. It's magic. It's fun. You know, people are just having a good time. It's happy. That's the magic show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where magicians okay. come on stage and try to fool them. 
it's such a great show and it's super happy and it's light and I walk out feeling enriched and cheerful afterwards. You know, there, there's some drama involved, but it's yeah. not like watching like the last ship, which I've been watching and enjoying, but I've had to take that in doses too, because you know, it is a intense show. There is some heaviness. Thankfully, there's a lot of good balance between just awesome naval warfare and then, you know, dealing with the virus and stuff, but I can't just sit down and binge watch that show. It's not good for me. Right. Breaking so, the bonds of binging has been the turning point in my ability to watch television, though, because like as I'm slowly like integrating things back in leading up to the fall season, mm-hmm. I don't sit down and watch multiple episodes at the same time, you know, I mm. or all at once. I I watch one and then I, you know, forget about it for a couple of days and then, oh, yeah, and I get to sit down and watch another That's episode nice. or something, you know, yeah. and so it's just like stop the binge watching for me. That was the key stop binge watching find stuff that you enjoy and then it doesn't matter if it like if episodes are dark or if they veer down paths that you don't like because it's it's not like everything you know it's like sometimes when you're podcasting about a show especially you have to really care about the content in order to have a conversation about (laughs) it right it was probably one of the biggest or the hardest things for me both between arrow squad and supergirl was caring enough about the show, about the actual television show to have a, like a meaningful conversation about it without just like being so critical that I'm alienating half of the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, you're, you're very conscious about that where I'm very aware that podcasting has changed the way that I watch television and I'm just trying to reverse that and get back to just enjoying stories again. Yeah, I am too. Honestly, like that was the main reason I stepped down from Arrow Squad is because I couldn't watch certain things without destroying it, you know, critically. And yeah. honestly, yeah, exactly. taking that step back from Arrow Squad has allowed me to just go in and enjoy movies and TV shows again where other people go and trash them. Yeah. You know, they're critical and I just don't care anymore, which I mean, right? I'm, I'm thankful just, that I took a step back because of that exact same yeah, reason. Oh yeah, me too. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I miss it. You know, it's so funny. I, I think about, in fact, I haven't watched still to this day. I have not watched any DC shows since that crossover from last fall or last Christmas time oh, or whatever wow. it was. I did watch Black Lightning, which was DC, but it's not like the other DC shows. So I enjoyed that. It was more like Luke Cage, but I have not watched the other DC shows since last November ish or beginning of, of December. And I don't miss it. What I do miss is what Arrow used to be season one through four basic or seasons one through three is what I miss. I miss doing the old, you know, classic arrow style before they just got too big, too fast. But all that to be said, it goes back to being picky and choosy for whatever reason. I felt obligated to continue to watch the shows, even though I wasn't podcasting about them anymore because everyone else was. And I think it was Lord thunder and I, and then you, of course you and I had a conversation about that as well, just to say like, let's just stop for a while and not, and honestly haven't gone back and I haven't missed it, but that also goes into gaming. In fact, even spider Pam was bringing up a question about in the Facebook group, you know, about do you feel compelled to do side quests in addition, you know, like before going on with the main story, do you feel compelled to complete every single side quest? And I used to because the OCD in me kicked in and said, well, yeah, I want to make sure I see every aspect of the game and I don't want to miss out. And there is a joy to that. But then I found out later that there was very much a stress to that that it's like I have to complete everything or I can't move on. Lately, I've just been like, whatever. You know what? I'm just going to go where I feel like. It's a game. (laughs) 
it's entertainment. It's not right. work. You know, I'm going to go do whatever I want. And if I feel like doing the side quest, great. And if I don't, well, I'll see if I want to do them later. And if I don't, well, oh, well, I enjoyed the oh, game and, that, and I'm done. That's the funniest part of all of this is like these things are, are meant to entertain. <laughs> if you're not They're being optional. entertained, you know, if you're not being entertained, it's completely within your power to change that. I just don't think that we often see those things as frustration stemming from a television show. We think it's something else yeah. because of why would it be a television show? Why is a television show bothering me like that? It's yeah. true. And I feel like very, these things consume funny. our thoughts. So for example, oh, yeah. when I'm thinking about all of the things that I have to quote do have to, by the way, do in my video game in order to complete everything, I run that through my mind when I'm not playing the game. So it becomes like a to-do list or when I'm out driving and the entire Western, you know, North American continent is on fire and smokes everywhere. And it's oh, 95 degrees yeah. in the end of September, which is not normal. I'm sitting there running that through my mind because I'm focused on it and I'm irritated about it and I'm angry about it. And there's nothing that I can do about it, except I just want to complain about it in my head or right. so on. Like exactly everything so we've talked about yeah. and all, what are you doing now? You're focused on things that don't bring you joy and freedom and entertainment and peace and all of those things. And so it's like, okay, the weather and the fires, it's what it is. Let me figure out how I can survive in my own world and move forward and just don't even think about it. Let me, let me look at, I am so thankful I have air conditioning. I can't tell you how thankful I am that I have air conditioning. And so the more I think about that, the more joyful I become, or I'm just going to play the game as I feel like. And if I don't want to play anymore, then I'll just uninstall it and call it good. And I'm going to choose a show. Like you said, picky and choosy. That has a glorious story that draws me in and captivates me and makes me feel better afterwards. Maybe I even learned something from it. Otherwise, I don't need to watch it. Sometimes it'll unmask something else that's actually really wrong. If you just yeah. like give yourself the freedom to just let something go, yeah, you know, you can actually see what's wrong instead of the thing that might seem the most obvious or the thing that's maybe the loudest. Sure. Interesting. I think it's cool. Well, thanks so much. This was a really fun discussion. I think I learned something about myself. Did you really? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I I don't articulate a lot of this very often, so it was no. fun to think it through and think about why I think these things. So, Well, I really you. appreciate your perspective because it helped me to kind of take a step back after, you know, talking about this off mic and then just now it's kind of like, you know what? I, I need to maybe go onto my Netflix queue and delete a ton of shows. Yeah. You know, and just say, I don't care about these. They're not on my watch list Or just list ignore anymore. it entirely. <laughs> well, kidding. that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clean, and, clean her up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Clean her up. Hey, real quick, I want to share one last thing. We'll leave you on this. But first of all, I just wanted to see why you and Lord Thunder have kind of a, quote, voice crush on, you know, Matt Bellamy from Muse. Mm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, for whatever reason, I was just so captivated by their musical prowess as well. You know, musical arrangement, instrumental prowess that. I just didn't even think about Matt's voice. And then I was listening to, uh, uh, you know, the dark side again. And I'm just like, oh uh, yeah. Okay. I, I see why you guys love him so much. Wow. He is, he yeah. really is talented. He is phenomenal. So unique. Yeah. You just don't get that kind of rock voice anymore. If you, by the way, look online where Matt is wearing sunglasses and kind of has a, an angle almost to the side and then take a picture of Adam Scott who played Ben from parks and rec. <laughs> you might see a little similarity there. Yeah, I could see that. It's really I funny. I want you to go. Please listen to this song. It's a band called for King and country. The song is called joy. It totally ties into what we're talking about today. And it is on my 
the real Brian's gloriousness mix, by the way. And by the way, I put up the TRBS logo on all of the playlists. So you know that it's me now. You don't get drawn off by some fake um, posers poser. Yeah. Posers. This song is such an amazing song. Have you heard it? Oh, I love the song. Such a good song. I'll uh, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Thank you. Because the music video is really cool too. Nice. Check it out. Good song to listen to. And it uh, goes along with what we were talking about. Yeah. All right. And you, my friend, must leave. Thank you for yep. your time. This has been so much fun having you back. I really appreciate it. Thanks. I appreciate it too. You know what the music means. So you you should tell us where to go for the show notes because you're going to be writing them. Right. And you're going to share more. Uh, <laughs> sure yeah I'll, I'll comment on my comments over at the show notes visit our website realbryanshow.com awesome. everything you need is over there and thanks for joining us we really appreciate it have a wonderful glorious week the real brian show is signing off the real brian show is a production of 514 media at 514mediaempire.com